We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Championing, you're not, not, not looking for, um, but it's all about the kingdom. There's nothing in our lives, there's nothing in our lives that does not touch the kingdom of God. Let me put it backwards, the other way. There's nothing in our lives that the kingdom of God should not be touching. That includes education and everything that we're doing. We look at the, at the pastors and we look at the, the uh, core team, the, the, those leaders and think, well, they're really the men and, and women of God, but it's really every one of us who are part of expanding and extending the kingdom of God, every sphere. Let your kingdom come. What did Jesus say to pray? When you pray this way, pray this way. Our, ki- our, our, our Lord, our Father who art in, Amen. hallowed be thy name, thy Wow, wow, wow. And today, my, uh, it's, it's Ukraine. I mean, we've almost forgotten about Ukraine. But people are still dying. Innocent people are still dying in Ukraine because there's more people dying in Israel and in Gaza right now. And hostages, over 200 hostages. Um, I don't know if you're aware, there's a brewing conflict in the South uh, uh, Sea, South Asia Sea, between the Philippines and uh, the China. Actually, all the nations around China, but especially just last week, the Chinese fired upon Filipino fishermen. And uh, we don't hear about all these things because, well, that's maybe small potatoes when you think of you know, how big what's going on in the Middle East is. But this, this level of conflict, wars, and rumors of wars. Anyone read anything like that in the scripture? Yeah, and, and climate change, it's changing all of our lives without us even realizing it. And you can fight back and say it's not true, and you sure can argue what's causing what's not causing it, but it's pretty obvious that it's upon, it's upon us. Uh, natural disasters. Uh, I read this morning, I think it was, that over in Greenland, the uh, volcanoes are getting restless again. How far away is Greenland? Far enough, it might keep us here a little bit longer. Yeah, they, they've shut down the airports here before, right? Yeah. And an earthquake last week in Nepal. One day it was on the news. Over 150 people died. It's just like these things are becoming normal. These are not normal days. If you're young, uh, and that's all relative, isn't it? If you're young, you may think, oh, this is just normal. Well, for some of us, I'm not quite as old as Uncle John. This is not normal. In fact, I was amazed. I was reading a history of Europe recently. For over 300 years, basically nothing changed in Europe during the mid-centuries. Nothing changed. Can you imagine? They went to work. They went to the fields. They went to the market. They paid their taxes. Day after day for over 300 years. Now it's maybe 30 hours. Things complete, and this is not normal. Is this not maybe the beginning of sorrows that Jesus speaks about in Matthew chapter 24 and, and verse 7, and, and the beginning of birth pangs in other translations? And I guess my question is this lifeline, believer, you have a mission. You're here for a purpose. And I, think, I believe that's, that's where we can draw our hope from today, knowing that it's not an accident. If, if I had to choose when I would be alive, 
I, I do believe I would choose today over any other day in, in, the, in the history of the world. Today, over every, every day in the, in the history of the world. Linda, could you come? And I'd like to read First Peter. I'd like you to read. First Peter, chapter 1, beginning in verse 1 through verse 12. First Peter, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted, the Lord is good. Tasted and seen, the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. For in scripture it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion. What is his name? Jesus. What, what is his name? Jesus. A chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But wow. you, but you wow. are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Amen. I want to read like that when I grow up. What a powerful passage of scripture. I mean, this, this current situation in, 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 in the world around us is producing all levels, high, record levels of anxiety and fear. But we are the people of God. You are chosen of God. Look, look at what it says there. Taste and see. We've tasted of him. We, 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 we know him. We've experienced him. We're built into a spiritual house. You, every one of you, part of that living house of God where God dwells. We, we, we not only will see the king, but we'll see him face to face. 
And he, and he lives in us today, right now. <laughs> Built on the cornerstone, a chosen people. Not here by accident, but with a purpose. Belonging to God. I believe there's a special role. I, I want to use the word purpose, but it's, it's, I guess it's so often used. A special role for every single one of us. And I, I, it's interesting how I thought about this. It speaks there in first year about aliens and strangers. Another translation says pilgrims. Does your translation maybe say pilgrims? Uh, do you know, from an American perspective, pilgrims were very special people. Pilgrims were the men and women who left England to go to uh, the United States, to America, to the new country, the new land, to start a new nation, a kingdom uh, for God, a place for God. They wanted to express the kingdom of God freely, where they felt they were not able to do so here. And, and, and they, they made tremendous sacrifice. They were people of vision, pioneers. In my mind today, right now, they, they represent the 20 and 30-somethings of Lifeline Church of the kingdom of God. You're, you're the ones, the 20s, the 30s, who are, who, are, who are called out, if you will, called forth to, to push back the boundaries, to go into new territories. When my forefathers in the late 1600s, late, late 1500s, early 1600s, left the coast of England and went to Virginia, they weren't in their 70s. They were young people, young men, young women. They had to be just to survive. And they, they landed into wilderness and moved west into the western part of Virginia, which is West Virginia now, or in the Ohio Valley. My, my, my folks, I'm the 13th generation, have been living in that area. That's not very long, I guess, in England, 13 generations. But for us in America, 13 generations is a long time. It's kind of a long time, isn't it? Young people, I'm saying, who, 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 who had a vision who couldn't be told no. You cannot tell them no. They, 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 they're going whether you like it or not. <laughs> and I believe there's a, a group of young men and young women right here in this, in this congregation. In, in the kingdom of God, I'm speaking to the life house today. A group of young men and women who are called by God, not my man, not your own ideas, but called by God to, to take new land, go into new places, new spheres. That's why I spoke with Neil, as I did. Maybe it's education. Maybe it's science. God's not afraid of science, by the way. He was there first. God's the greatest physicist there ever will be. He understands perfectly how the, how the universe operates. Amen? Yeah. Pushing into new places. Not just natural places, but spiritual places as well. Pilgrims, I could say so much more. And then to the exiles. Let me talk a minute to the exiles. And, and I, I always think of Jeremiah. If you're in your 40s, 30s and 40s, I commend to you the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah has become my favorite prophet. Um, he, he's amazing. He was taken from Jerusalem, from Judea, as a slave to Babylon, a wicked, evil city, to be prepared, to be indoctrinated, to go back and to, to take the, the, the ways of, of, of Babylon back to Israel. And instead... He established the kingdom of God in Babylon. Can you think of that? He, he was picked out, chosen, the Bible says, just like it says about us. Chosen from his, from his birth, from, from his childhood, to be a representative of the kingdom of God. Uh, he, he's the only man I know who had a 70-year plan. I'm talking about five-year plans. 
one day plans. <laughs> he had a seven year plan. Before he left Jerusalem, God told him, go and buy a piece of property. Now, wait a minute. We're taking, <laughs> we're being taken to Jerusalem. The, the prophet said, you're going to be there for 70 years. Is it true? Why would you, if you're already an adult, buy a piece of property that you know you're never going to see? Because you know that you have children coming along and grandchildren coming along. Others will see that, will own that. I'll, that's because my inheritance to them. Je, Jeremiah had a 70-year plan. I'm wondering to those who are maybe in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, what's your 70-year plan? What are you sowing into the, 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 the generation that surrounds you, that's coming up behind you, those, those uh, pilgrims? What are you sowing into them? Uh, the life and, and example and, and love and, and encouragement. I find so often when people come, they ask for counsel, what they really want is affirmation. What they really want to hear me say is, I, I think you have heard from God. And if you haven't, I'm going to tell you, to the best of my ability. But so often I think we have heard. We need someone to tell us, yes, you have heard from God. It's, it, yeah, we're, we're going in the right direction. Those, those exiles. I used to be an exile. But now I think the, there's another, another uh, element to this. We'll call them ambassadors. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 29. Paul says we're ambassadors for Christ. And who's an ambassador? That's the veteran. You don't send young, young people out to be, I don't know the young ambassadors. I don't think of any nation that has ever sent a young person to be an ambassador. You want someone senior, someone who's recognized, someone who's established, someone who's, who's done it, who's, who's uh, I love the, 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 the example of Paul. As he faces the end of his life, he says, I finished my course. It tells me he knows where he was going. He knew where he was going. I finished my course. I've run my race. Veterans. Christian veterans. We had Veterans Day in the United States this week. I don't know if you, do you, have, do you celebrate Veterans Day here? Yeah. I'm talking about the men and women of God who serve faithfully, even right here in Lifeline. Some of you are 20, 30, 40 years. You've st stood with MBE John Singleton. My goodness, I get to sleep in his house. <laughs> and there is no such word as retirement in the kingdom of God. We just switch roles. I use that word on purpose. We, we change roles. We're repositioned. We move to the side, move behind, but we become the, the supporters. We become the mentors. We become the cheerleaders. I love to stand behind a young man, a young woman who's marching off for God, who's doing their best for God, and say, go for it. Now, I'm an American, so I can say that. But you could, you know, you could try. Go for it. Uh, you do it, they call them hooligans, is that what they call them? Football? Yeah. Let's become a hooligan for a young person. <laughs> I better be careful. Ambassadors. The, the elders, as it were, sitting at the city gate. Not retired, not disappeared. And I believe in the kingdom of God, there, there, there's, there's, there's a necessity. There's not, not just room, there's a necessity for pilgrims who are pushing forward, who are taking new ground. We're going to new places, maybe just maybe right here in London, maybe in other nations, but maybe in other realms or ever, other spheres of, of influence in the world. There's a place for exiles who are building. They're, they're, they're building something for the kingdom of God. They're establishing something. We'll read about that in a moment. But then there's also ambassadors, veterans, 
who are city, elders at the city gate, sitting there to affirm, to encourage, to even bring correction when necessary. Two simple messages. This is God's church. This is not John Singleton's church. It's not Mama Singleton's church, although we wonder sometimes. Whose church is this? It was, it is, and it always will be. Lifeline is God's church. And, and I, I say that in honor to John and, and Dawn because they've been so faithful to God, so faithful to God, sacrificed so many times over the years. But I also say because it should bring you peace to know that as they reach their line, their finish line, all of us are going to reach a finish line at some point. Let's stop kidding ourselves. My wife and I have already figured out our, our funeral arrangements. Because we know our finish line is coming. It may be another 20 years still. But it's going to come, and I don't want, I don't want my, children, my children to have to make those decisions. Finish lines are coming. And, and they're, they're, if the church belongs to them, then that means the church is finished. But if the church belongs to God, the church will go on. It will go on. Think of the, the church in China. We, we went to, um, what was it, a year or 18 months of lockdown. Remember those days? <laughs> Seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? Not long enough. The church in China has been in lockdown for 70 years. And guess what the strongest church in the world is? The most effective evangelizing, the most effective living out the gospel, the most effective living out the simplicity of the life of Christ in every area of their lives is the church in China who's sacrificing the most. It's actually closest to, in my estimation, living out what the New Testament model of church is because the church in China belongs to, belongs to God. And I hope that will be received as a word of encouragement, a word of faith. Hebrews 12, verse 5. Hebrews 12, verse 5. Have you, have you forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as my, son, as my sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those who the Lord loves, he disciplines. He scourges every son whom he receives. It is for the discipline we endure, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there that his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, some of you have become partakers, you are illegitimate sons. Part of that, 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 that ownership is, <coughs> excuse me, he is, he's, he's raising the bar, if you will. Uh, uh, Peter said, let judgment begin in the house of God. And I think that some of the things that the Lord has kind of allowed that go, go along, um, uh, when I was uh, younger, well, we live in a kind of a mountainous area, hilly area. One of our big thrills was to get the car and go hill hopping. You can guess. Get the car and get it wound up as fast as you could go and find a, find a hill that would fly through the air. And I think the Lord, in his kindness, has allowed us to be hill hopper Christians for a while. Have some fun. And I'm not saying that there's no fun ahead, but there's a lot of serious days ahead as well. And I think the Lord is bringing into order our personal lives, our church life. First of all, our personal lives. He's saying, well, others can, but you cannot. That's that, that activity, that thing that you enjoy, that, that thing that, that really has nothing to do with your spiritual life. It's time to, to, to grow up, if you will. This is a, seeing the, the church from a kingdom perspective. 
The church belongs to God. Churches belong to God. God gives gifts to the church, but those gifts belong to God. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. He gives them to the church. That's what the Bible says. But they belong to God. And in this church, Jesus himself is the head. Linda, could you come one more time? Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, 13 to 29. read in my outside voice. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 through 29. For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn, from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him. I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven, and although you were formerly annihilated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly blood through death in order to present you before him holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Now I rejoice in sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Of this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God, that is, the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations but has now been manifested to his saints to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ for this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. In him. 
God poured all of the Godhead, all that God is. God himself came among us, walking in human flesh. When we speak of Jesus, we speak of God. This is his church. It's Christ's church. We are his bride. I remember some time ago I was talking with another pastor, I guess, probably, and somehow the, the, the subject of another church came up, and, and there was a temptation to criticize, and, man, I felt like I heard the Lord say, he did say in my heart, be careful when you touch my bride. All the husbands know what you're talking about, what I'm talking about. Don't you talk about my bride. Be careful when you touch the bride of Christ who, who we are. And, and it's, 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 it reminded me how precious you and I are, the bride of Christ. In him, the head of the church, the church, we belong to him, even as a bride belongs to the husband. And, and, and he, he ends with these, these powerful words. For this purpose I labor, striving according to his power. Do we know what it's like to walk in his power? Not just when we're praying for the sick. That's obvious. But what about when we're sitting at the boardroom table, boardroom table, or when we're standing in the shop, or when we're sitting on the, 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 the tube? Are we walking in his power? And I like how he says, striving according to his power, which mightily works in me. I also want to say, Paul, make up your mind. Are you, are you resting in his power or striving in his power? I guess the answer really is, really is kind of both, isn't it? I, I have this constant striving uh, challenge to say, I want to hear from God. I want to hear from Christ. I want to wake up every morning saying, Jesus, what can we get in together today? What are you doing today? I want, I want to walk with you. I want to see what you're up to. I'd love to be along for the ride. <laughs> and if I could be the vessel, if I could somehow be one of the, one of the, part of how, how you work through, that's fun. Amen? But it's only his power who works with it. This is God's church. Lifeline is God's church. And I'm so, I just, we sat thinking yesterday. Both of us went to a conference six years ago that we neither one of us wanted to go to. And that's where we met. How, the faithfulness of God. How dear John has become to me as a friend, as, a, as, a, as an older brother. I, I'm the oldest of my family, but now I have an older brother <laughs> who's also an MBE by the way. How precious that friendship has become. Because obedience, obedience, obedience is almost always in the small things. Your life is a, is a sum total of many small decisions. And how, how this changes our lives. The church, just keep that. The church belongs to God. Churches, congregations belong to God. But then number two, finally, this is not home. Uh, that may be as hardest for, the, uh, for that first group, those pilgrims. I think what, what it was like for my, my father's generation, my grandfather, you know, those 13 generations. They traveled from England by ship to the shores of Virginia and then from, from, from Jamestown west across the mountains into the Ohio River Valley. It's probably several thousand miles altogether by, by wagon, walking, you didn't, use the, you didn't use the wagons for riding. That was, the, that was to carry your provisions. And they carved life out of the wilderness. Literally. Carved life. They, their desperation is winter's coming. We've got to get some trees felled. We've got to build a house. We've got to lay in some stores for food. I mean, life was 
the women, how hard they worked. Life was pretty full. If anyone had an excuse not to put God first, well, maybe the pilgrims do. And that, that's kind of like it is today, isn't it? Those of you who are newly married, maybe newly, newly have children. How many spare minutes do you have? You're always busy. And if you're not busy, your husband will find something for you. Your wife will find something for you to do. This is not home. Be careful you don't get too comfortable. Don't put too much of your heart, your life, into making life comfortable. It's not really made to be comfortable, meant to be comfortable. This is, this is, we're pilgrims. We're passing through. I love my house. I started building it in 1980. This is now 2023. And I have two projects underway right this very minute. I'm dreaming about the next two or three. I guess it's part of the way I'm wired. I'm always tinkering. What do you call it? Tinkering or? We won't say. What are you up to now? She's forbidden me to get on ladders, and I never do when she's at home. <laughs> she doesn't want me using the chainsaw, so we made, a, we made a pack. I guess it was a pack, wasn't it? Oh, boy. Uh, about two weeks ago, my neighbor has a dead tree and needed some help. So she said, if, I, I said, if you go with me and watch me, will you let me use my tools? A man's got to have his tools. <laughs> I, 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 I'm thankful for my home. It's been a joy to welcome John and, and, and uh, Auntie Dawn and, and others of you as well. But it's not home. It's not home. I'm just passing through. A pilgrim, if you were. I mean, literally, the road in front of my house is called the Old National Pike. It's the road that men and women use from Baltimore coming into the port of Baltimore, then moving by wagon west 2,300 miles to Colorado. That very road right in front of my house. Right next door to me is what was a log cabin. It's covered up now. You can't tell it hardly. Just passing through. I want to remind you, it's all going to burn. Everything, I don't know what your eschatology is, whether you have the Lord coming back before the rapture or after the rapture, uh, the, before the Antichrist, after the Antichrist, um, uh, you can figure all that out. Or Pastor John. John's got it all figured out, I'm sure. I know one thing. He's coming, and everything around us is going to burn. Be careful, pilgrims. While you're building a, a place for your family, getting a career started, taking care of your children, don't make yourself too, too fond of being at home. Exiles. Occupy. Occupy. I love this passage in Jeremiah. Linda, would you come one more time? Jeremiah 29 and verse 4. Uh, I, I say read the whole book of Jeremiah, but I wouldn't get away with that this morning. Jeremiah 29 and verse 4 through 11. Okay. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have set you in exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. 
Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you and do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Amen. Quote that last verse out of context. I want a new car. I want a new house. I want a new something or other. The Lord has good plans for me. Well, let's put it back in the context. These good plans involved leaving home as captives and going to a foreign country, a heathen country, Babylon, and becoming slaves. That's his great plan for your life. Well, there was a purpose. There was a plan. And, and the prophets were all saying, no, don't worry. God's going to save us. God's going to come in your defense. Look at all the history we have. God always comes in our, in our defense. And Jeremiah said, nope, they're lying to you. They're lying to you. Don't listen to them. Go to that place and build the kingdom of God. Build houses. Bear sons and daughters. Multiply. For bless that city. For in its welfare, you will have welfare. This next slide. Anyone have any idea what that is? How many got it? Yeah, good. Well, some of you need to go back to school. That's the great exhibition. And, and what was the great exhibition? It was uh, Prince Albert. And in and, and, and many ways, it was a demonstration of, of what was going on in the empire. But I, if I understand correctly, it was also, in many ways, a demonstration of what the empire could be. He had a vision. He was looking forward. He wanted a, a grand exhibition of all that was going on so that everyone could raise their level of hope, raise their level of ex 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 expectation. Kingdom of God, exiles, really all of us. I believe that's part of what God's doing in our lives. He's building families right here, moms and dads and, and kids who become a, an exhibition, a grand exhibition to the world around us this thing called marriage still works. Man, you missed a good chance to say amen. I'll say, I'll give you one more chance. This thing called marriage between one man and one woman still works. It's wonderful. It's amazing. And, and we don't need to preach that. We need to live that. And preach it while we're living it, through our example, through our lives. And you could go on to so many other things. This, we are you are, I, the, the Lifeline, what Lifeline has done in this community, what Lifeline is doing right now through Lifeline projects, community, community projects, through the, the network around the world, this is a demonstration of the kingdom of God that is yet to come. And you can figure out all the theology behind that. That's, that's fine. That would be good discussion. Just know that exiles, you've got work to do. And there's a purpose. There's, don't lose hope. That's, that's wasting your energy. 
pour your, your hope, your, your energy, your, your expectations into building the kingdom of God right here in, on, on, in this place. And finally, ambassadors, huh. be prepared. There's no place for, for retirement. It's not in our vocabulary. We are repositioned. We're placed in places where now we can shine, we can give glory to God, we can testify, we can point to the exiles among us, to the pilgrims around. Look, look, look at that young couple. Look what they're doing. Look at that young man. That, 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 that. Look at that middle age. Is that a, oh, it's a, that's a hard one, isn't it? I don't want to middle anything. I want you to be old or young. <laughs> yeah, we, we have the privilege of pointing out this is what the kingdom of God does. This is what happens when the kingdom of God comes. I have hope in a hopeless world. And I don't think things are going to get better. I wish I could say, yep, I've heard from God. It's about to wind down now. COVID's gone. The wars are all going to be solved. The economy is going to come back. It's not going to happen. In fact, I expect things to continue. Every sector of life. I, that's, there's a part of me that says to young people in particular, wow. In fact, I remember when Linda and I were in our early 20s, we were talking about having children. Should we bring children into a world like this? And you can imagine how much easier things was, were then, 47, eight years ago. And I remember going to a, our, our pastor, uh, my, one of my teachers from Bible college, and, and asking for counsel. He said, yeah, you, you need to have children because they'll, they'll help you understand how to be a good pastor. And I said, okay, whatever you say. I want to give you hope. Young people, I want to give you expectation, a sense of mission. We're not existing. We're not just treading water. We're just, just hope I can make it till Jesus comes. No, you are, you are called, commissioned to spread the kingdom of God, to demonstrate the kingdom of God in every sector of life, every sphere of life here in London, in England, and to the ends of the earth. That's my call for you this morning. I, I wonder if the worship team would come back. And You were singing earlier, here I am, totally available, I think. And that, that's kind of what's on my heart. The church belongs to... Yeah, it really does. It's going to be all right. It's going to keep changing. I mean, can you imagine what it's like to be in China and never know when the meeting's going to take place? You have to pray. And the Lord says, well, it'll be Tuesday at 3 o'clock at that tree down by the bridge. Which bridge? Yeah, oh, there, there, okay. And people gather around that tree and have church because they were led there by the Holy Spirit under penalty of death. That's, that's, who knows what church will look like five years from now, ten years from now, but the church will live. <laughs> the church is in fine condition. Be careful that you... Mark, or maybe tempted to criticize what's going on in the church because Christ's bride never looked better to him. Jesus' bride never looked better. <laughs> and, and, and rise up now and, and follow out that call that Christ has for every one of you to bring what we have. We're the ones who have the hope of the world. Here I am, Lord. Totally available. I have a word. It fits perfectly right here. I've been sitting on this verse for a while. It's in Habakkuk, and it's in chapter 3. 
Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the field lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle bears a barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. I don't know if you've seen the movie. It's an old one called uh, One Night with the King. And it's the story of Esther. And there's one part there where she's running down, and it's raining. And she gets to the door, and she pauses, and she's standing there. And all of a sudden, she just slams right through that door and opens up. And the people, she's running down, the, walking down the aisle, and the people are talking on either side of her. That's the world talking about what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Whatever. And she's going before the king before she has an, an appointment before him, and she could lose her life. But as she gets there and she steps and she looks straight at the king, he holds out the scepter over top of her. And God is holding his scepter out over top of you because you're protected by his presence. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk.com.